Hey, welcome to And It's Writing, a live stream and podcast where two writers have a few drinks and some laughs while we revise our old work or discuss writing-related topics. I'm Amy Avery. I write adult fantasy. I also self-publish under the pen name Avery Ames. What I'm working on is everything. <laughs> <laughs> everything all the time, no stopping. Well, I've got beta reads going on yes. right now, some uh, advanced reader copies that I've been doing, some swaps with, and then literally like yesterday or the day before i can't remember this week has been a blur i got my second pass pages in for the longest autumn which is like your final final chance to catch any typos and there's a part of me that's tempted to just be like it's fine just just go with it it's what fine <laughs> whatever it is it is but no i'm going to read it i'm going to look through because if there is a typo and it makes it all the way through and later I read it and be like, I should have just read it that last time. God damn it. So I'll be the one to send you the photograph. I'll be like, there it is, Avery. It's right there. I see it. And you're going to be like, oh, God. <laughs> and what I'm reading is uh, it's called Nine Nasty Words by John McWhorter. And it's a nonfiction about swearing and like the linguistics of swearing. And it's pretty interesting so far, but I just started it today. I can't wait to share our compare our notes on swear books because Matt just bought me that um, book. It's called like, oh, shit, or like, what the I don't I don't know. <laughs> it's something. And it's also about the stuff in uh, swears. So <laughs> that should be interesting to compare our notes on. I'll speak more about what that book is when it gets here. I'll announce that what it's called because I can't fucking remember. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's what I'm working on. That's what I'm reading. I'm DC and I write speculative historical fiction. Um, right now I'm reading Between Two Fires by Christopher Willman. <laughs> B-U-E-H-L-M-A Willman. I think it's it's an ex nah, it's a name. I, I don't know. Um I don't know how to say names. Uh it's it's a it's a cool, fun horror historical fiction that I am reading because I've never read a horror historical fiction. And I'm writing one right now. So I had to do it. <laughs> You're like, time <laughs> to jump in. Yeah, I like it, but yeah, I'm I'm not super into horror. So like it's you know, it's it's different for me. I, I definitely am enjoying spooking myself more mm -hmm. in the one that I'm working on because like I feel like I know exactly how to freak me out and it's working. So <laughs> hey, he does a great job too, and I'm having fun reading him. I'm almost done. I'm almost done. Then I get to start. On another book, I have a whole stack. So, and today we'll be talking about writing conferences and workshops. Yay! Uh, this was a Yay. listener suggestion from uh, our Discord. So, thank you, listener, for thanks Discord. Um, so, for the drink, uh, for the drink pairing for the episode, I had this idea that okay, at a writing conference, there's always like some sort of event, like an award show or a social event or a dance or a masquerade. If it's like usually, if it's like a fantasy, anyway, there's some sort of social thing at the conference center or the hotel, and they always have that little floating portable bar where you can have like five options of things to get, and they're all bottom shelf, and so. Originally, I was going to do a gin and cranberry because that's what I always get at those like shitty bars. But I just decided I wasn't feeling that tonight. So instead, in the spirit of the event, we have red blend wine, house red. Uh, this is apothic red, uh, which I have yes. not had in several years since I like I didn't really get into wine into wine, but I did like level up a little bit for an apothic red. And uh, it's sweeter than I remember. <laughs> 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 a 
And mine is, so the thing is, I think that I've been to some conferences. They're not writing conferences, but I have been to some conferences that had like a slightly better bar than the ones you've <laughs> been to. So like I made a pina colada because they always have like some really cheap dailies mixes back there sometimes if you get lucky. And so I made a pina colada out of really cheap dailies mix. And it's so good. <laughs> I did cheat and put nice rum in it, though. I, I don't really like Bacardi. No one needs to know. <laughs> you could have put Malibu in it. Oh, oh, man. That's what they keep behind. See, that's how they make theirs. See, yeah. that would have been. Yeah, that would have been the right thing. Because you can just pour that right out of the bottle and just drink it. And it's a pina colada. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's, it's a nasty pina colada. <laughs> it's, a, it's a colada. It's all a right. colada. It's a colada. <laughs> Just the colada, no pina. Just the colada part. Um, so anyways, yeah, we're going to kind of talk a little bit about writing conferences and writing workshops. I have not been to any workshops. I have been to several conferences. What is your experience, first of all, real quick? Just like how many have you been to? Have you done conferences or just workshops? I have done many a conference just mm -hmm. not writing conferences mm -hmm. but like i have seen the docket for writing conferences mm -hmm. and they look pretty similar yeah to what we do in the illustration community or like you know even i want to say comic con comic con is a little bit more fun and less serious i feel yeah. like and there's not but there's still like you know depending on what you go to there's still like a section of awards mm -hmm. there's still a section of like meet and greet signings that kind of thing those things happen. There's not as much obviously writing related stuff. It's more exciting and fan related. Whereas I don't know. I've never been to a writing conference mm -hmm. that I know that I planned to go to the big one. Uh, what? Uh, Worldcon, the one for sci-fi fantasy. Worldcon. Yeah. And that one had some fan stuff. Mm -hmm. So like, but I also think that there are some writing conferences that are much smaller that sort of exclude the fans and focus just on writing, which we have also in the illustration community. So I've been to that and I've been to a big, I've been to one online writing workshop and one in-person writing workshop and boy, were they different experiences. <laughs> we'll get yeah. to those here in a little bit. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes, we will. Yeah. I think first the main thing is to kind of define like the difference between the conferences and the workshops. And we'll talk about conferences first and then workshops, but the difference is kind of mostly like the length and then like the level of participation. So like a conference is more of a conference. It's, a, you know, networking, there's a bunch of different panels. You can kind of take a backseat and just kind of like sit there and take notes. If you want, you don't even have to go to any of the panels. It's kind of like a free form, like here's all the things that are going on at any given point in time. You can choose which one to go to. Whereas workshops are more of like a class structure from my understanding where you're expected to participate in certain parts of it. I guess we'll get to that when we get to the workshops. Yeah, it's up yeah. to you. It's up to you, really. We'll to I'm the, happy to do yeah. it either way. We'll do that when we get to the workshops so we're not like muddling okay. and going back and forth. So yeah. conferences, um, they are usually shorter. They're usually either a weekend or a long weekend. People like to pick long weekends. So it'll be like a Thursday through a Monday or like sometimes even just a Thursday through Sunday. I know with we were talking about kind of the fan conventions. I know there's always a bit of a rivalry because Dragon Con is always, always, always Labor Day weekend. And there was another conference that started doing theirs yeah. on Labor Day weekend. And it became a big like fan rivalry of like, which nerd convention are you going to? 
Right. But for writers conferences, they happen kind of year round and they kind of randomly pick, but they do tend to be either a Saturday, Sunday for smaller ones or bigger ones tend to go maybe four days, occasionally, Mm -hmm. maybe, maybe five. We kind of talked about, you know, there's the big ones, the small ones. There are different like places, like some of them are very regional. I live in Kansas. We have some that that take place here in Kansas that are very small, uh, but they are in the same general region every year they might move around kansas but they are going to be in our state but then there are some like you mentioned you were talking about going to worldcon and worldcon mm-hmm. travels it goes to different cities all over the world um world fantasy con which nice naming your conventions very confusing know, similar right? things does the same thing world fantasy con moves every year to different cities they, they bid it's like the olympics like a city will put in a bid for wanting to do it and then they decide which I don't know who decides, but somebody decides which city gets it. Mm-hmm. And because I don't see it on your list here, mm-hmm. I think the biggest thing before you start like signing up and stuff to do things is like to mm-hmm. definitely like ask yourself what you want, because there's mm-hmm. definitely like definitely a difference between the, the small conference and the big conference. And mm-hmm. some conventions can be considered conferences. Some conventions just consider themselves conventions and some conferences do not ever want to be called a convention. So it's the semantics is very messy, It's very messy. Typically, when you see conference, that's more like it's going to be a lot more writers than fans, um, at -hmm. least what I expect. But you want to do your research and ask yourself what you want, because, for instance, I wanted to go to a writer's convention or, Mm or conference. I a couple years back and I had to sit there and be like, okay, but like, I don't really, I don't know if I want my first like outing with writers to be super serious, all work, no play. Mm-hmm. So I ended up choosing, you know, Worldcon. I was like, I will try mm-hmm. Worldcon because they're the, um, the fantasy awards go there. You know, the neb- the nebulas are, are held at Worldcon, right? Hugo's are Worldcon. Hugo's are Worldcon. Yeah, like it, it had uh, like it had an award ceremony and it had like serious things like it had meet and greets, it had agents, it had, you know, um, all that stuff. But it also had like the fun things, the fan things. And I was like, you know what, that mm-hmm. sounds like a good fit for me because it's a bit of both because I don't I don't do good working for four days straight on a weekend. <laughs> yeah. I just I would rather like have a little bit of fun mixed in. Um, so that was kind of like what I decided I wanted to do. Whereas like, okay, my second writing convention, I will go to a conference and it will be ser- more serious. Cause like, I didn't want my first time going into a writing thing out outside of my state to be too, um, serious or anxiety, whatever for me, that's anxiousness. So like, I'm just like, I will stick myself in one that's kind of a mix. You know, you want to ask yourself that at every convention, you will always find writers. Like, even if it is the most any convention you can think of comic cons, anthro cons, like, like for furry convention, like any of those conventions, they will have writers there and the writers will be willing to talk to you. And sometimes, sometimes at the bigger conventions, I have had actual better luck approaching writers because they're not being approached by writers all fucking day they're like oh wow finally a writer wants to talk to me i haven't seen a writer (laughs) for three days like you know and they've seen a they've seen a million half a million people and they've not seen a single writer so you walk up to their table and you're like i'm a writer too and you know sometimes you hit it off like it's it's cool Mm -hmm. um so you have to decide what you want Mm -hmm. i will say that um 
one of the the biggest convention I've ever been to was Dragon Con. I went for several years in a row, oh, about ten years ago now. The last year I went, if I remember correctly, the attendees were nearing a hundred thousand, and it's it's in like a little cluster of hotels in downtown Atlanta, and they're all kind of like blocked out. So there's like a hotel that has like all of the Star Trek stuff and the Buffy stuff and this and like the steampunk stuff and then there's a hotel that has all of the anime stuff and all of the supernatural stuff and all of the like i don't know doctor who stuff and it's very weird like things are clustered so like if you're interested in like one thing you're going to stay in one hotel and then one of the hotels is all the writing stuff so oh really dragon con is where i went to a panel that was a historical fiction writing panel that was on how to put on and remove historical undergarments and they demonstrated <laughs> They had someone like putting <laughs> them amazing. on and showing how to like take them off. It's like if you're writing historical romance in set in this period, this is what they're going to have to put on and get through. <laughs> That's amazing. That is such a good panel. I would great. have loved to see that. So, yeah, there's a whole track at DragonCon where you could just go and just do writing programming or you can go do the nerdy stuff and, you know, do fan stuff, do cosplay, go to the parade, all that stuff. And then some writer stuff. But then, like you said, there are some that are very... And they do tend to be the ones that call themselves conferences. They are more mm -hmm. work related and they can still have fun stuff, but it's usually like set aside blocks of fun. Like here's our social cocktail hour. <laughs> Bureaucratic fun. It is. That's where they have the shitty hotel portable bars is. Hell yeah. Uh, I went to Dallas Fort Worth uh, Writers Convention DFW Con last year and they had like a, a dance it was very weird because it was almost like, because, okay, we're all mm. writers. A lot of writers are introverts. Not all, but a lot. And so lot. it was very much like a middle school dance where everybody's just kind of standing around like, okay. And they gave everybody <laughs> drink tickets. So you had like a certain number of tickets to get like, I think it was like two drinks, maybe three drinks from the bar. And so everybody's just going up and getting their drink and then just like standing up against the wall, just sipping their drink like, this is awkward. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, wow, this is real middle school like dance vibes. Oh my god! And then you find you do eventually kind of find your people. Like the sci-fi fantasy writers will find each other, and the mystery writers will find each other, and like the YA writers will find each other. And so you got to go to the panels to meet the people who like the stuff that you like. Yes. That's the thing. I, I've been to so many cons where I'm like I'll go with somebody who really want, is excited to be at the con and then they like won't go into any of the panels. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, how do you find new people to hang out with? if You don't go to the panels. Mm -hmm. Got to do that. OK, I'm, lo I'm looking at our list and we're kind of skipping around. So before I go too far into like panels and stuff, because I do want to go into that, I just want to make a real quick note where we mentioned We've mentioned some different types of cons and some different places that you can, you know, look. Places to find conventions is um, look for local writers, organizations, and clubs. So there's almost inevitably going to be a state writers organization if you're in the United States for your entire state and maybe like a local one if you're in like a major metropolitan area as well. But there's also a website, awpwriter.org, has a directory where you can search by region, topic. Um, mm. It's a whole bunch of different stuff. But I have not looked too in-depth on it. So I would say secondarily vet those conferences, like kind of look up some other reviews and stuff first, because I don't know what the criteria are for being listed in their directory if like anybody can go in if there's any sort of curation or whatever but it is a good place to start 
Cool. I didn't I didn't know about this. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. They've got a lot of stuff here. Holy shit. Yeah, they've got like a bunch of little checkboxes you can check and it's international. I, I see uh United Kingdom and Italy uh kind yeah. of too. so you can start narrowing it down by either your genre or your region or the type of content or whatever. So yeah, if you're starting to look and you're like, I have no idea where to look, that's a good place. Um, are you still on that site? Yes. Does it have pricing listed? Like as as a searchable criteria or do you have to like yes, click through? It does. Uh, okay. So if you click on, if you go to their like uh, list of writers conferences, you can click one and it will tell you on most of them, it looks like uh, the, the cost. If it's a sliding scale, it'll say it's a sliding scale and it'll say if there's tuition, if there's financial aid available, it's got all the information and then all the contact. This is really cool. Yeah, which does kind of yeah. touch base on the next thing I was going to talk about, which is the cost. Um, some The cost varies widely. Uh, some are very expensive. For example, when I went to Dallas-Fort Worth, I think it was a few hundred dollars. I'm going to World Fantasy Con this year, and I think it's a few hundred dollars. Uh, by the way, if you are either set up as some sort of LLC for, for writing, or if you are making any sort of money off of your writing to the point that you're filing it on taxes you can put these as a deductible like, or you can deduct yeah. these. Yeah. <laughs> just, just letting you know. But if you do have a lower budget, a lot of those smaller local ones can be less expensive. Um, they're, they're still, it depends on, you know, what your current financial situation is. But I've been to ones locally that were like $30 for the weekend. Um, of course, you may also be out a hotel fee depending on how far it is away from you. But th- there is a huge range of costs. So it's good that that searchable directory does list that um, because that is definitely going to depend on your situation. And a lot of them do have scholarships, grants, other ways you can kind of get either a reduced fee or a waived fee, either through an application. Sometimes it's like a lottery, um, but a lot of times it's for like marginalized writers may be able to qualify for additional scholarships. Yeah, this is cool. And same thing with the the cost is another factor. Um, A lot of the cons, especially since the time of COVID, are now doing virtual content. So a lot of them will do like a reduced membership where you get just like you get to see some of the panels online and you get some like online Mm -hmm. meet and greets and stuff. And it's like less stuff than you would if you were at the con, but it's a lot cheaper and you don't have to leave your house. So you're not paying for any hotel or travel. (laughs) Yep. It does pay to meet people face to face sometimes, though. It really does. does, But sometimes it's it's, you know. It's cool to work the extra hours and get to do that. Mm-hmm. Allow yourself a thing or two. Mm-hmm. So life is short. So yeah, other things that we might want to talk about with conventions is um, they do, we kind of have discussed a few of them and they can be genre specific or not. DFWCon, the one that I went to last year is not. So there were panels, content, uh, visiting authors from all across the board. There were, you know, every genre historical nonfiction, everything or you can sometimes go to very specific ones like world con world fantasy con that tend to be like sci-fi fantasy they have some that are specifically for thriller and mystery writers some that are specifically for kidlet uh scbwi society of children's book writers and illustrators <laughs> i had to sit there and like i'm like counting it off society of children's books writers and illustrators scbwi if you do young adult or younger as um, it's it's like a membership fee. You can join the organization from anywhere in the United States. Um, I don't know if it's international or just US, United States, but they have conventions all over that are specifically for Kidlet. 
Yeah, and definitely, I'm looking at the, I was trying to look at this list of the um, conferences on this website you just mentioned mm -hmm. um, to kind of get some types out. Uh, keep looking beyond this website, too, because I already know of a few that are missing from this mm -hmm. website. So don't, uh, don't just stick to one place looking yeah. for them, because there's definitely more. But yeah, what to expect from a conference or convention. Like we said, it kind of differs between fan and work. <laughs> yeah you kind of have to like just look at the the websites like you can sometimes find like the the previous programs on their website like mm -hmm. you can go to a forum um from from that a lot of times conferences will have forums where people like room share and stuff mm -hmm. like you can usually find the old programs on those places like just so you can like kind of get an idea of what to expect because a lot of times these conferences do not have their programs put together until literally two weeks oh, yeah. or a week even before the con starts and sometimes it's just hard to know what you're signing up for and they're all so different you definitely mm -hmm. want to do research and go to youtube and just type in the conference name and look up experience and you should find people talking about those places mm -hmm. um do your due diligence especially if you're a picky person yeah <laughs> you know well and especially if it's like one of the more expensive ones there is you know a lot of money on the line and if it's not the type of thing you're looking for it mm -hmm. it can really suck <laughs> and honestly this is one of the reasons why i like going to a bigger wider convention mm -hmm. first because there's a lot of people which can be jarring especially for someone like me mm -hmm. um but what's awesome about it is a lot of the smaller con conferences and stuff go to those big ones and they like leave their calling cards. They leave their mm -hmm. stuff. They talk to people and you will discover more cons like smaller ones while you're at a bigger con than you would on the internet. Like I can't tell you how many times I've just discovered little pop-up conventions and conferences just going to like mm -hmm. a big one, you know, and, and really checking stuff out. It's cool. And the thing with, with the bigger ones is you're more likely to have more programming that you're interested in. Yeah. Um, because the smaller ones, like the very small ones, like I know the one that I went to locally here for Kansas authors club was just, it was very small. It's just, it's not a mm -hmm. state with a lot of people in it. <laughs> yeah. And Hey, if you go to a bigger one and you see a panel on something that you actually like, you can always ask the panelists, where else they like to go to conferences mm -hmm. at like you know like you mm -hmm. the thing is is people are so approachable at com conferences that's why they're there they're there to talk to people so if you go to a convention walk into a panel room and at the end when the panelist says anybody have any questions you can raise your hand and be like hey i really like listening to you talk i'm a new writer I, i'm new to conventions do you have any suggestions on like where else i could go um, even that smaller to get a better idea of this community and they will tell you where their favorite places are. I love that about big conventions. Mm -hmm. There's just so much more knowledge, you know? Yeah. And I just remember, like I said, when I went to DFW con, like in any given block, there was something going on where I was just like, Oh, that's an interesting panel. There's one on like, you know, building mystery subplots. I went to a panel on like learning about how to do TikTok as an author, um, yeah. stuff like that. Whereas at the smaller conventions, there may be two panel rooms. And at one point in time, there yeah. may be two panels that are just topics you're not interested in or aren't applicable to your writing. So that can be a factor as well. Mm -hmm. So because there are all these panels, and a lot of them are educational, um, either on the business side of writing or writing craft. Um, definitely bring pen and paper. A lot of the conventions will give you like a little like freebie notepad and a pen in their mm -hmm. like little goodie bag, but some won't. 
So it's always good to just remember to bring like a notepad. And I mean, you can take notes on your phone, but then you're draining your battery. And it's just, I just like to have a notepad. Love draining my battery. <laughs> I like notepad. I'm, I'm, I'm a Luddite, I guess. Out of fashion. <laughs> yes. Um, Me too, though. But also bring some sort of way to like with contact info. You don't have to be a published author to have this but some sort of business card or bookmark with like your socials. If you have a website, um, just if you make friends, it's a great yeah. way to keep your friends. Yeah, You're just going to meet people <laughs> that you're like that you, you connect with and you're like, Hey, keep in touch. Here's how we can also, find each other. Yes. And also there's always these big tables where people just drop their business cards for other people to pick up. And it feels so great to just be able to drop your business card onto one of those tables and pick a few up. Yeah. And you can make your own business cards on Canva pretty easily. And there are plenty of places you can order inexpensive business cards, um, like Office Depot and stuff like that. If you're like me and you want like a really cool business card that feels really good, because I like I really like texture. I always go with Moo.com, <laughs> the sound a cow makes, Moo.com. Mm -hmm. They're a little pricier, but boy, are they fun. The people who get them always remember it. They always keep it because they feel so nice. <laughs> Are they soft touch lamination? Oh, some of them are. You can get their Lux. Their Lux business cards. No. No. Oh, they're so nice. Oh, and you can just touch them. Also, you can do the gold, uh, the, the the raised gold print gold on them spot. or like, you know, you know, like the, the gold. I... And then you can do the thickness and then they let you color the inside. And so you can have like a. <laughs> A black business card with a white. Oh, my God. It's just everything. I, I love. I work I love in it. printing and I have like a visceral hatred of soft touch lamination. To me, it, it <laughs> feels like baby skin. Like it's like that thing where your fingers are really dry and you touch like a flannel blanket and it like it's a, it's. Oh, no, I don't like that. It's a sensory thing. I do not like touching soft touch, but everybody else loves it. That's so it's so a me funny. thing. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I love it. It does feel like skin. It really mm -hmm. does kind of feel like skin, though. Yeah. I see where you're coming from. But also, yeah, business cards or bookmarks are both great. Also, bring like a bag. Like this sounds weird. But if you bring again, some of the conferences will give you like a cheapy tote bag. But if you bring a tote bag, because almost all the conferences will have a vendor hall of some sort and you're going to walk around and you're going to see lots of cool books. You're going to want to buy shit. And you're going to want to buy said cool books and then you're going to have a stack of books and nowhere to put them. So bring like some sort of tote bag. It doesn't have to be fancy, but just something to put things that you buy in because every time I'm like, I'm not going to buy things this time. I'm going to be good. Then I come home and I'm just like a stack of you're books. You're not good. Yeah. <laughs> if you've got money, bring it because you're going to want stuff. And hey, you're supporting other people. Yeah. So like if you've got it, go for and it. And also there will be a lot of authors there who are visiting, who are doing panels. Some of them will do readings. A lot of them will do signings. And I'll be in a panel that's about a, just a craft topic that I was like, oh, I want to learn about, you know, for example, how to add mysteries to a fantasy plot. And so I would go there and they'd be like, here's my book. And I'm like, that book sounds really good. And then I will go mm -hmm. find their table and I'll buy it and I'll get them to sign it. So that's kind of yeah. neat. That's another thing. Bring your books. Bring your books. Do your research on who's going to be there. Bring your books. Yeah. Because, yeah, the thing is, is authors love it when you bring them the well-loved copy. And they look at it and you're like, oh, my God, you've really read this. And I'm like, yeah, I have. <laughs> so it's 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 nice. If you've got one, bring it. Yeah, they love to see that you haven't just bought it on a whim because they were there and you actually really like the mm -hmm. book. 
so I guess the last little thing to talk about is, oh, two things I have on our list here. One is Barcon, which is kind of a, a term you'll hear turn, uh, thrown about every once in a while. I don't know if it's as in favor now post-COVID, uh, but Barcon was always the like everybody kind of just ending up at the hotel bar at the end of the night and just kind of socializing. And that's where you can kind of like schmooze a little bit uh, with a little mm-hmm. bit of, of social lubrication. <laughs> <laughs> so that was just I just wanted to mention that if you ever hear Barcon, that's what it is. But the last little topic I wanted to talk about with conferences and conventions is applying to be a panelist at the conference. It's going to vary from convention to convention how far ahead they start accepting applications. So it's good to kind of just start keeping an eye on that. A lot of them will have like some sort of newsletter or something you can sign up for some sort of email list uh, ahead of time. Or just keep an eye on their website and when they post updates. Because <laughs> you had this come up in the past, correctly? correct? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I applied to be a panelist at Worldcon. I, you know, I, I was going to be, but then I couldn't make it because of a lot of... I, I COVID came up and I had it. And, I was going to say, that was like right at COVID times. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was rough. So like I, I didn't go, but I was going to be a panelist on two panels there. And I was... You know, I have a lot I can talk about. I have a lot of experience, but like I was when I went to sign up to be a panelist, I was definitely going for panels that like somebody else was running so that I could kind of see how it go mm-hmm. went because, you know, I've not run any panels before. So you don't have to do that. It's just something that you can do if you're interested. I was kind of curious to try it. Uh, still haven't got there because COVID. <laughs> I have completely but. run a panel before, but it was not writing related. It was at... A convention called Magic City Con in um, Alabama, I think, if I remember correctly. It's a really big convention for Bioware fans. Like, weirdly, it huh. kind of became like the Bioware, like, secret Bioware Con. Um, because they get a lot of voice actors and guests and writers from Mass Effect and Dragon Age. Mm. And so I did a panel on making custom tea blends because I had a bunch of Dragon Age tea blends. And so I did a panel on like, what is tea, how to come up with tea blends. And we made like a blend live on panel as a group. And then I put it up on the website. So it wasn't writing, but I have applied to be a panelist, been accepted. And that one, you did submit your like idea. They'd be like, we are now accepting panelist submissions. And they had like a form and you'd be like, this is my idea for a panel. Um, that's also how we handled it. I have been on staff. I was actually the panel coordinator staff member for a local nerd sci-fi fantasy convention. So it was my job to pick the panelists and coordinate and schedule the panel rooms and everything. And we did the same thing. We were like, do you have an idea for a panel? Submit it through the form. We will select, you know, and we we picked based on trying to put together for us a good spread of topics. Mm-hmm. Um, because this was not a writing convention. This was a, a, a fan convention. So we had we had a panel on people who did like the Dragon Ball Z. It was like a Dragon Ball Z League is what it's called. And people would do like tournament style Dragon Ball Z fighting games. So we had that. We had writing panels. We had panels on cosplay. We had a panel that was like a group from that did like a lot of Ren Fairs and had like, you know, like body folk songs. We had like an after dark set of panels um so Amazing. it was just all over the place but some of the cons are going to be like tell us if you have an idea 
pitch it to us. So if you want to be a panelist, it might be good to have a couple of those in your pocket. Yep. Some of them are going to be like, what topics are you interested in? Here's a checklist. And then mm-hmm. like we can do what you did where you like end up on panels that are moderated by someone else that you have some sort of expertise or information or knowledge that you can share. Also, I'm talking a lot yep. because this wine is hitting. I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's fine. I just I, I don't uh, I don't have anything to add. You're covering pretty much everything. I'm I'm just like thumbs up, man. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Well, we're about to switch over to you and I'm going to sit here and just sip my wine because I think that's basically all I had for conferences other than I guess the final question, which is, are they worth it? And I think that's just going to be a deeply personal yeah. question, especially depending on the widely. It depends on what you want out of it how much it costs, what your financial situation is. For me, pretty much all the ones I have attended have been worth what I ended up paying for it. Conferences are worth it if you make them worth it. Like yeah. if you if you go and you involve yourself and you really put yourself out there, they can be worth it. Sometimes you can be lucky even if you're quiet and still meet a lot of people and still have it be worth it. Um, if, but if you're too much of a shud and you spill, spend all the time in your hotel room and you don't try to go out and do anything out of your comfort zone, you know, you might not, it might not be worth it. So like, I would highly consider, mm-hmm. you know, if you can socially handle it uh, before you go. Mm-hmm. Usually the hotels don't charge you until you show up. Yes. So you can cancel like a week ahead of time, yeah. which is what I did. A lot of <laughs> hotels have like 48 hour cancellation policies. Mm-hmm. So yep. th- that's another quick note. Reserve your hotel first. When you're like, I might want to go check the hotel's cancellation policy. But like I said, most of them in the United States are going to have like a policy where you can cancel within a week, a couple days ahead and just reserve the hotel in case. (laughs) Just the moment the conference date goes live, just just reserve the hotel room because you don't get charged anything up front. Mm -hmm. They might off your card, but not usually. Mm -hmm. Usually they don't do that till you show up. Um, Just get the days because wow those disappear so fast and then if you decide not to go then you can just cancel yeah. it and a lot of them will have posted on their website some sort of like group code or a link to a group reservation where you'll get like a discounted rate so keep an eye on that too for the hotel yeah i think that's everything for conferences so now i'm going to kind of like punt it over to you for workshops because Workshop. i have not done any workshops so you can tell us more about like what those are what they were like what your experience has been Yeah, I've done two workshops. One was in person. It was a pitch workshop. I'm not going to go into the details of which one it was because I kind of had a shitty experience. And uh, I I have also done uh, an online workshop, which I did not have a shitty experience, but a friend of mine did. So I will not be sharing that name either. Mm -hmm. And, And that shitty experience was completely based on stuff that had nothing to do with the good experience that I had at the convention. I actually got my agent from that convention or that workshop. It was it was it, it was handled very well. I have heard mixed reviews that mm-hmm. for some people it was not as good. Um, so definitely like, you know, just because one person had a bad experience doesn't mean you're going to too. pitch workshop that I went to was so the difference. The biggest difference between a conference and a workshop is at a workshop you get critted. And mm-hmm. I think that one of the things going into workshops that people don't consider is that your work is about to be looked at. And you're about to be told what's wrong with it. Um, this is why yeah. you go to a workshop to 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 put your work out there to be like, guys, uh, things I either haven't started or I'm really interested in what's you know what to do or like I've I've been doing this for years and I haven't gotten a bite. Like, 
it's a whole wide range of people that go. Some uh, a lot of people that were at the workshop that I went to in person, um, they were working on their first book. They didn't really oh, wow. know how to handle the writing, um, you know, community. They didn't really know what they were doing. They were fresh out of high school. Some of them, some of them were in college mm-hmm. trying to decide if this was what they wanted to do for a living. I was going to say kudos to them because it took yeah. me a long time to like really start putting myself out yeah. there. Once I started, I'm like, man, yeah, that's pretty yeah, ballsy. So that's cool. Very, very fortunate. Uh, like, like there's some, there was a couple very fortunate teens in my um, experience that were very happy to be there. They took really, they took critique so well. They were, you know, they grew a lot while they were there. Um, but you know, there was also some people who were retired who had taken up writing and who wanted to keep, you know, who wanted to make it their new hobby or their new, their new career in their retirement, or they had been doing it for 40 years already. And, you know, things weren't, they, they were looking to get serious or, you know, it was a wide variety. And then there was me who was like, I am middle-aged. I am thirsty for an agent. I will do anything in my power to get one. <laughs> I am both grizzled and desperate. <laughs> yes, I was, you know, I, I was, I was the student who came in there and I was like, I'm the, I'm the perfect one. I'm the one th- that has to know everything. I got, I got to do this. Like, this is me. Like, I'm going to be really crazy about this. Um, I was super into it. I wanted to learn everything that I could. I I was hungry. So like it's a wide variety of people. Some people go in there very relaxed. So basically at the pitch conference, we basically we had to read aloud our pitch three days in a row. And each day, basically, the pitches got better. And at the end, we were able to pitch our book to about four to five different agents. And at the end, those agents either gave us a business card or they didn't. And that whole time, like, was just basically sitting in a room around, you know, with our chairs in a circle, critting each other's pitches and saying, this is why I didn't like the pitch. I didn't get your pitch. I didn't understand your pitch. I don't think your pitch is going to work commercially. Like, and the guy running it, who who had quite a bit of knowledge about his field, he, you know, he was like, you know, this is why I don't think your pitch is going to work. This is why I think your pitch has a cultural appropriation. We need to watch out for this. Like, and like, basically people were just kind of put in their spot. I remember there was this one guy who really wanted to do something with uh, a Middle Eastern religion of some sort. I'm not sure which one. And he wanted it in his book. And, and there was a lot of talks about like how he just wasn't the appropriate person, probably um touchy subject. And like he took the crit very badly. He walked out on day two. He was really upset. Uh, and so basically when you walk into a workshop experience, you have to expect that people aren't going to blow smoke up your ass and be like, oh, this is the best thing ever. Congratulations on being awesome. <laughs> That's not really why you're there. And if you like... If you did get that when you went, well, that's just, uh, that's kind of meh because you didn't learn anything, right? I got a lot of crit at my physical workshop. When I did an online workshop, it was about the same. Um, It's just instead of reading our stuff out loud, we basically handed our files to everybody that was in our pitch group. Or not our pitch group, but our writing group, because this wasn't a uh, pitch. This was a first page or like first first thousand words or something. And yeah, so we it was like a first few pages. Yeah. So a few weeks ahead of time, we all got to send our work to everybody in that group or like maybe even a few days ahead of time, actually, because it wasn't very well uh, organized. Um, but we got all each other's work and then we came in the first day. We got placed with our agent. Mine was the agent that I have now. And yeah. we got because you had like an agent kind of like 
spearheading some of the critique, right? Yes. The, the, the agent would come in, say, you know, say their piece, you know, kind of talk about overall. And then they go through each person individually, one at a time, just like it was in the physical one and sort of give that mm-hmm. person set uh, some some time, you know, usually between 10 to 15 minutes per person. That's kind of what it was um, in and where on um, the pitch workshop that I went to, too. So usually it's about 10 to 15 mm-hmm. minutes per person. You get one on one time per day because um, I think the online pitch was three days, two days. We got the on one on one time with the agent and then there was a second agent on the third day or something like that. But everybody in the group got to speak just like the the physical one. Um the agent got to say a lot. The agents at the one I went to, you couldn't choose your agent. You got randomly selected. And I randomly got my favorite agent in the whole wide world, which was <laughs> fucking awesome. Which worked out very well. Which worked out really well for me. That was one of the, uh, that one I lucked out at because I went in expecting to be told it's not good enough. Your book's weird. Uh, this and this and that. And my agent, literally, I was the only one in my person who the, she was just like, I have, I don't have anything to say. Can you please oh. send me the manuscript? I'm like, oh my God. You know, so like it's, I went in expecting the critique though. And that was the, that's the most important part is because the reason you're there is to learn. If we were just yeah. there to blow smoke up each other's asses, like it's, eh. I would mm-hmm. say that conferences are a great place to go if you want to get smoke blown up your ass. <laughs> because conferences, everybody's just like, oh, I love your work. Oh, I love your work. Oh, I love your work. And workshops are kind of like, oh, I kind of hate this. <laughs> well, and also with conferences, a lot of people haven't read your work. Right. Like illustrating, yeah. illustration's different. Whereas writing is just like you meet people and you realize you write the same thing and you're both like, ah, and you talk about other authors yeah. you like. Yeah. But you you aren't like critiquing each other's work like you are in a yeah. workshop. Yeah. Because of workshops um, and the one-on-one time that you get with an agent or whoever it is that you're spending time with, um, the cost can be higher mm-hmm. because of the one-on-one time, mm-hmm. because of like how much time you spend. Mm-hmm. Like both of these, uh, the workshop that I went to live, we spent seven hours a day yeah. for four days talking to each other in the workshop online, I think was three hours for three days. So like, it's a long time. So you're paying a little bit more, but you don't have the cost of a hotel. So mm-hmm. that's kind of cool. Well, and especially if there, there are some workshops that are in person. Um, the mm-hmm. two that come to mind immediately because I am in genre fiction are Clarion and Odyssey. Yeah. And both of those are kind of like a residency, take a class situation. And those can be a lot more expensive yeah. because you're like, you're essentially going and living somewhere for I don't know days, weeks. I can't remember yeah. how long they all are, but yeah. But those can be expensive because of that, especially if you're doing the in-person ones. Yeah, and and um, thing about it is, for many of them, you have to apply mm-hmm. to be accepted. Um, that goes for any workshop. You have to make it past the first jump. Yeah. And I will say that the ones who don't do this part of the process that is a red flag. You want an application process. You want to be accepted in. If you're getting rejections, that's great because it means it's not a money grab. That means they're actually reading your stuff and they're actually saying, yes, we can take this person. No, we can't take this person because they want everyone to have a good experience. Mm -hmm. Please, for the love of whatever you believe in, you must research these these workshops up and 
down because there are so many scammy ones. Mm-hmm. It's not like a conference where like if they can set up a conference and get a hotel, it's a conference. Good job. Thumbs yeah. up. Conferences are just like everybody shows up. We have some panels. Whatever, oh, yeah. But workshops. You, yeah, there are a lot. Workshops. People love to make money mm-hmm. off of pretending like they know what they're talking about. <laughs> can we make that into one of our merch T-shirts? Uh, fuck. I am not. Oh, my God. <laughs> Even the ones I went to, like, and I felt that they were pretty good experiences. A lot of people were like, I don't think so. I think they were kind of, they're kind of money grabby. Which, in my opinion, is like, well, I got an agent from one. (laughs) And several really good editor business cards from another. You know, I didn't think that they were really that money grabby. But I could see, you know, like, definitely research the shit out of these. Because you will get scammed. Mm -hmm. You will end up in a situation that is not good. Make sure that not... 100% of everybody who's applying is getting in. Yeah. You know, like that, this is a big issue um, because people will just be like, oh, we'll just take more people because more money. Mm -hmm. It's like, no, 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 no. Because the more people you have, the less time you get. You want one. Oh, man. I had always wanted to get into Clarion, but it is fucking hard. hard. It's hard getting in. It's hard getting into Clarion. Um, But once you do, you know, that's great. But that is not to say that that is the only way to succeed no. in this. In this, uh, you can succeed without workshops. And and my agent told me I don't know if she was just blowing smoke up my ass, but she said that if I had sent this manuscript to her email inbox, it would have been exactly the same. So you go to a workshop for the critique and the feedback and the learning experience. Yes, there are going to be agents there and editors there. P- the pitch one's a little bit different because that is about pitching. But for ones that yes. are like a craft-based workshop or an improve your work workshop, you're there for the experience of improving your work and learning and growing. And anything else is a bonus. <laughs> yep. You probably won't get an agent at a workshop. Just because someone didn't get an agent at a workshop doesn't mean it's a bad workshop. I don't think that... I think a year after the workshop that I went to, somebody else in my group also got in with my literary agency, but not with the same agent. So like, it's not like most of the people who went to that workshop did not, you know, they they did not get agents right away. However, many of them got them within Mm -hmm. a year. Yeah. And that's why you do a workshop because the workshop sets you up to know what is wrong with it and you fix it. And then all of a sudden your work looks a lot better and you start getting picked up. I can think of about five people out of like the 20 people that I can remember from that workshop are now agented and on submission. So, you know, it, it's cool. I I think it was worth it. I don't regret a thing. I had my issues with both of them, but in the end, it all kind of worked out. And I think going into something like a workshop, you are the one who gets to decide how much you take yeah. from it. When you go, you have to be like, You got to keep your mind open. You have to be okay with hearing people out and trying to see things from their perspective. You know, I did have a quick note to circle back around to conventions real quick because it's something I didn't put on our list. And you something you said reminded me Um, sometimes at conventions and conferences, there are opportunities to pitch agents. Here's a sneaky trick. Book a time to pitch the agent. Go in. Don't pitch them ask them for feedback yep because honestly a a lot of agents every time i've heard an agent talk about this on a podcast on an interview elsewhere they've said i 
I never sign somebody at a conference or if I do, it's extremely rare or sign somebody from a conference mm-hmm. um, because everybody's nervous. They're listening to like pitch upon pitch upon pitch. If you just come in here mm-hmm. like, hey, I know we signed up to pitch. Here's the deal. I want to workshop my pitch with you. I'm going to tell you the pitch. You tell me how to fix it <laughs> or something. Or you can, <laughs> for example, I did one where it was actually a query critique. It was meant to be a critique and not a pitch. It was, um, there was a literary agent um, with a pretty well-known agency at the time um, that you could submit your query ahead of time. It was like an extra fee. It's usually an extra fee. It's usually like $10 or $15. It's not like a huge fee. Um, and you could have them. You could have her at this particular conference. It was a her uh, query, do a query critique and she would like read it and tell you what should be polished up. And I went in mm-hmm. and she was, just, <laughs> I felt like a badass because she was like, this is actually the best query I read today for this conference. Aww. I want you to submit this manuscript <clears throat> to me. And then I was just like, I came in preparing to hear critique. She's like, do you have any questions you want to ask me? And I'm like, I did not prepare any questions. Please tell me why I suck. <laughs> uh, yeah, I was prepared to like sit here and take notes on like what to fix about my query. I I have no questions. So I was like, I would have been better served if I'd gone in saying, hey, I know we talked about my query. And there were other people who went in that I talked to at the conference later who were like, yeah, we went through the query in five minutes. And then she's like, anything else you got? And they had the same response where they were like, uh <laughs> like the only thing i could think of was i was just like i know one of my comps is a little old is that okay and then we kind of just gossiped about books we liked for a while and i'm like that was probably not the best use of my time getting to talk to an agent so yeah if you book a time slot to do one of these like agent pitches it's best to go in and say i'm going to give you my pitch but i would like for you to give me more feedback on my pitch than a yes or no and some agents are going to be like, no, nah, I'm here for a yes or no. That's fine. Mm-hmm. But honestly, you're you're better served having time with an agent to get a little feedback than you are just the yay or nay, because that's what their query slush pile is for. Okay, that was my soapbox. <laughs> yeah, no, um, I was pretty much done with mine. Um, if you guys have any questions, ask them while we go over the last bit that we have mm-hmm. here. But yeah, I, I'm pretty much done talking about mm-hmm. workshops. You have a note here about retreats. Yes. There is a third category that we did not talk about, which is writing retreats, which are usually also, they can range in time between, you know, a long weekend to a couple weeks, but they're a completely different beast. And we did not discuss them today because we have a bit of a surprise coming for you in July regarding writing retreats. So consider yeah. this our little teaser. Surprise. <laughs> stay tuned. Yes, yeah, stay tuned. We will be taking a short break from live streams and our next one will be on July 21st. Um, we'll be celebrating 100 episodes by revising listener submissions. Wow, I can't believe we have already done 100 episodes. And do we get enough listener submissions to make it an episode? So far, we yep. have one. Send us more. So we need more. Come on. July 18th is the deadline to submit. You can submit anonymously on our website. Um, There is a form, so you don't have to put a name or anything in it. You can just give us your submission uh, and then just check a checkbox telling us you're not a robot. 
Also in chat, uh, we have uh, someone said they have been to an SCBWI event and 1010 can recommend for anyone in the kid lit world, at least the SCBWI of Michigan. SCBWI is a very legit organization. They have a lot of good resources and a lot of good, uh, good favor amongst the writing community. Uh yeah uh did you did you say how to submit a snippet oh i I just mentioned that yeah it's on our website if you go to our website and it's writing.com like right front and center on the main page is like submit listener submissions and that'll give you more information uh there about it but yes you like i said you can be completely anonymous we do not need to know who you are just send us your like weird and we mentioned this in the past like don't make it something that you're like polished and want like final notes on or something that was like the book of your heart give us your like (laughs) trashy smutty like 17 year old fan fiction about like whatever fandom you were super obsessed with or like a rough draft (laughs) of something you're working on that's like a zero draft um we want we want some, something you're not attached to because we want to have yeah, fun. Yeah, we want to have fun. We're not here to make you feel bad. And we need some meat. We're just gonna have fun. We need something to sink our yeah. teeth into. If you give us something that's like mostly polished, it's it's not any fun. Give us something that's gonna make us wince when we read it. <laughs> and you know what? If you want to make it nasty, I'll read it. Try me. See if you can make me actually hesitate. <laughs> like, see if I dare you. Send me something so nasty. I'm like, wow. I, we, I don't think I can say We this. have read our own smut live on air. If you send us your smut, we will read it. <laughs> and again, put, just send it without a name. Yeah, it's fine. Just, it's fine. So yeah, and it will technically be our 101st episode because our 100th episode is going to be one of our mini episodes. But it will be oh, well, 100 episodes, technically. It's all good. <laughs> so yeah, I think that's... Yeah, we mentioned we'll be taking a short break from the live streams. Um, we're just skipping one, but we will be posting our weekly mini episodes every week until then. That's what weekly means. Whoo, this wine. Okay. You got this. I'm, I'm, I'm in the home stretch. I got this. Okay. You got um, this. Just read the words read on the, the words screen. Read the words on the screen. <laughs> DC's like, hurry up, damn it. I'm hungry. <laughs> I have dinner. Finish the words. Okay. Finish the words. You can find everything about our podcast at anditswriting.com. Look us up on Spotify, iTunes, Google Podcasts, anywhere else you listen. You can also follow us on Twitter at anditswriting for episode updates and notifications. If you like what you're hearing, join our Discord group. Uh, Check out our website for details. Uh, And we'd love it if you left us a rating or review because that does help the algorithm. It helps people find us. I think that's everything. Thank you for listening. Yes. (laughs) We will see you again (laughs) soon. We'll see you all again soon. Bye. Bye.